Yo, what is up? Welcome back to the Heat Check Podcast. It's your boy Chupir. And it's your boy Woo. It's today we're going to be doing our predictions for the East and Western Conference Finals in the NBA. We have not recorded a podcast in probably our longest gap ever. But, you know, busy busy year, but we're ready to be back and, you know, talk about our favorite thing, which is basketball. And obviously me and Payne have been keeping up with this playoffs a ton. And, yeah, we're just ready to let you know our thoughts on these series. Right now they're both two games in. And, yeah, it's about to get about to get really weird yeah for real. so we'll start with the east because i don't know the west is lame um so these obviously we have the one seed heat playing the two seed celtics and yeah panel you started off who did you originally have winning this series when it first started um originally in this series i had i actually didn't even have the celtics in this series i had the bucks versus the heat and then i ended up having the bucks i think in six but i had the celtics um or I had the bucks beating the celtics in the prior series the one that just happened i had bucks in six and they ended up losing so now with the Celtics and the Heat, I think the Celtics are going to um, get the job done and end up winning in seven. I expect this series to be very gritty. Um, defensively, it's already been awesome. Um, but it, the first game, it, I mean, it was a blowout. And then the second game was a blowout as well. I mean, I know the Heat in the first game only won by 11, but the, the game was not as close as it, you know, as it showed or the final score showed. I mean, I, in the first game, I think uh, Jimmy Butler had like 40 points or something mm-hmm. like that and went absolutely ballistic. And he's just been playing amazing this whole this whole playoffs, really, he's averaging 35, seven and a half and four assists in the series right now on, on unbelievable efficiency. He's shooting 62 percent from the field. And, uh, you know, and I've been on Twitter and stuff like that and just seeing a lot of like different sports shows talk about Jimmy Butler and how like um, he's underrated in this and that and talking about how he's a playoff performer and not a uh, regular season performer. And, you know, that's that's the truth. Like. He comes in each and every series and each playoffs, and he, he comes in and he, sh- and he shows what he's capable of. I think I saw this stat where in the last six seasons, um, he's had five 50-point games, and all of those five games have come in the playoffs, none in the regular season. So he just wow. he shines whenever the moment's you know the brightest. And uh, But I do think the Celtics are going to end up winning this series in seven. They just showed in game Same. two that they have, you know, they have so many different guys offensively and defensively, whether it's, you know, Jason Tatum getting the job done or Jalen Brown and then Al Horford stepping up and being awesome defensively. They're just a completely great um, all around balanced team. And, you know, to add Marcus Smart defensive mm-hmm. player of the year, and then just their shooting ability, it was, you know, it was off the charts against the Bucks. I just think it's going to continue against this heat team, even though the heat are great um, defensively on the perimeter. I just think this Celtics team is going to be able to find a way. And I think they're just going to, they're obviously going to involve Jason Tatum in a lot of actions. Um, you know, they're going to try to wear down Jimmy Butler and on the defensive side of the ball. So then that can limit, you know, his mm-hmm. uh, offensive impact on the other side. So I think that's going to be a key matchup to watch. And then I th- just think Jalen Brown's going to be, I think, think I think Jalen Brown's really the, uh, the X factor here, you know, depending on who they put on him. Um, it's, it's definitely interesting because they've had PJ Tucker on Jason Tatum. They put Jimmy on Jalen and Jimmy's going to have to either guard either Jason or Jalen and in either one of those guys is just going to exhaust you defensively. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to be a very key matchup. But I think overall the Celtics, I think they're going to have too much offensive firepower despite this heat team being amazing defensively. And I think they're just going to get the job done in seven. What about you two? Well, for my initial predictions, I was very off. I had the Sixers playing the Bucks, yeah. um, which is very wrong. Or <laughs> yeah, I think it was Bucks. Let me check. Yes, yeah, Sixers so. and Bucks, which is yeah, not even close to right. Um, but yeah, like like you said, I had Celtics in seven. I just thought, I just think this Heat team, like you said, they're re- very resilient. They're Jimmy Butler's been 
literally insane. Yeah. I just think without Kyle Lowry, that's really going to be the difference in this series. And people haven't really been talking about that because, you know, the Heat are the one seed. They've been playing so well at home. That was their first home loss in the playoffs yeah. um, was last night when they got absolutely killed by Marcus Smart draining five threes. And just like you said, that Celtics team I think is too deep and just like too good defensively to not be able to beat a Heat team without their second best player. Right. I mean, some could argue it's Bam, and I think Bam – it skill wise is their second best player, but when it comes to leadership, I think Kyle Lowry has a big voice, especially for playoff experience. Yeah, you're putting Max Struess on a starting lineup and being like, Yeah, you can get it done in the Eastern Conference Finals. And I think that can work for some games, but especially games three and four that are about to come up going into Boston. Those role players that the Heat are kind of just making play 20 25 minutes mm-hmm. are going to be really tested. And I think Boston's probably going to win game three. I mean, they're already they're six yeah. point favorites, they're supposed to get that game done, they're going home, and then game four. If, if Boston goes up 3-1, I just don't see the Heat being able to come back. Yeah, so I think agreed. game four will obviously be a make-or-break game. And I, I and I just think the Celtics go up 3-1. I think they either win in six or seven. And I, I just don't think this Heat team, like I said, without Kyle, is capable of hang, hanging with the Celtics team. Yeah, and honestly – At full health. Yeah. Without Marcus Smart, we saw in game one, they are, they're not the same. They need Marcus Smart. I think Al Horford's good and all, but Marcus Smart is – just, just regarding Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler – when he has like someone like Jason Tatum guarding him or yeah. anyone else is going to go off because right. they're just not going to be able to give him that much attention. Marcus Smart is a complete defensive player and will give Jimmy hell and yeah. will just make his life terrible. And yeah. I, I don't think without Marcus Smart, the Celtics team can do anything. Nah, I'm being honest. Okay, they yeah. need him for defense. I mean, I know. I mean, Marcus Smart. He's he's such a valuable piece. You obviously we obviously saw. I mean, how big of a piece he was coming from you know missing game one and then coming back to game two. But I wanted to bring up a point you made about the Heat, um, the Heat's role players, and then also the, the Heat starters. Uh, Bam Adebayo, he's only averaging eight points in this series, and Tyler yeah. and Tyler Hero is shooting 13% from three. Jimmy Butler, I mean, rightfully so, he's the main offensive focal point, but it's just a credit to, like, what Robert Williams is doing and what Grant Williams is doing on the defensive end, and they're just – they're really just – Both the, the Williams. Yeah, they're, they're diminishing Bam Adebayo's presence offensively. Um, you know, Gabe Vincent, he's been playing he's he's their second leading scorer in this series. He's insane. No, he's no insane. Yeah, he's no Kyle Lowry in the pick and roll. And I think that's one of the spots where Bam Adebayo can really thrive and get some confidence is some easy looks and some easy touches at the rim. And, you know, that's not gonna happen with Gabe Vincent. It may not even happen with Kyle Lowry because of how good the Celtics defense is, but it's really hard to to be able to post up a guy like Robert Williams or post up a guy like Grant Williams. Um whenever and I just think you know, the impact that Bam Adebayo has had so far and how Celtics have been able to limit it, that's going to be – that's definitely a cause for concern because he is their second-best player, and he's going to have to do a little bit better. And and Tyler Hero, they're going to need him to shoot better from three as well. And the fact that they're other – they're secondary defenders, you know, like Rob Williams, Grant right. Williams, those guys who are still good defenders, but not like they're – they're Marcus Smart, like their best defender. Right. Are they can't produce against those guys, and they're forcing Jimmy to do do the brunt of the load. Yeah. Which I know he's supposed to, but even more than normal. How are you going to make him do that against the defensive player of the year? Like, right. how are you going to? Yeah. You're putting Jimmy to fail, and if Bam Adebayo can't start playing more like himself, then I think the Heat have are in real trouble here. But I, like you said, they're they're a great team. They're very well coached. I feel like they. Like we said, we both have Celtics in seven, so they're definitely going to fight back. Right. I think it could end as early as six, but I think seven's a safe bet, which is how tough these teams play. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, moving on to the next series, we got the uh, Warriors versus the Mavericks. The Warriors are up 2-0 right now in the series. They've been putting on an absolute, absolutely an offensive, offensive clinic, especially in game two in the fourth quarter. But bringing up the first game, um, Chandler, what were your thoughts about how the Warriors played and, uh, and just – how they came out and set the tone offensively, and um, what did you see out of them that like really like 
like what did you see out of them that like showed you anything about how the rest of the series is going to go? Well, my initial prediction was Warriors in six, and uh, game one kind of went exactly how I thought. You know, the Mavs are coming off of crazy game seven where they just completely trumped the Suns in something that no one saw coming, literally in Phoenix. And so they're, they're tired. They've been a seven-game series. Like yeah. I said, that's a lot of work. And, you know, the Warriors are coming off a little bit of rest at home. They've been waiting for that game. The Mavs just quickly, two days later, go into that game. Yeah, There was no way they even stood a chance. They got ran over. And then, I, so that was it's kind of obvious, you know, mm-hmm. Warriors are such a seasoned team. They've been here before so many times. There's just no way they weren't going to be ready for a game one at home. You go into game two, they come out down, what was it, 17 at half, down 19 yeah. at most in the first half. Yeah. And for a second there, I was like, wow, Luka Magic's showing them that he actually can he can hang. And then the Warriors really just kicked it into that Warriors third quarter, which, you know, is statistically their best third quarter, yeah. which is – or, I mean, their best quarter, which right. is what every single person will tell you. And it's true because they put on a show – and literally just stole the game right back and won with ease. I mean, the Warriors are legit. I think no one was surprised by this. The Mavs have also lost the first two games of every series they've played in the playoffs right, so far, yeah. which is the last two, obviously. So, I, I mean, you can't say you didn't see it coming. It was predetermined almost, especially just Warriors have such great home court advantage, great fans, you know, just yeah, everything seems to go their way when it's played in the Chase Center. And, uh, yeah, I, I think game three is telling. If the Mavs don't win game three, you might as well just – call it a sweep because there, there's no fighting after that. But I think the Mavs can win game three. I, I got confidence in Luka. I think those guys, DFS, you know, Jalen Brunson, they, they know how to play. I think if they can start hitting their threes, you know, limit Steph Curry, right. r- really just slow the game down. The Mavs like playing a slow-paced game. Don't get into a shooting fest with the Warriors because you're not going to be able to hang. Yeah. So play your game, play defense, play slow. I don't know. I mean, I no, no one's really talking about how they beat the Suns and everyone's like, wow, the Suns just suck. Oh, oh, oh. I think the Suns are a pretty good team. You know, they may have oh, yeah. they may have lost sure. a, a little bit of their confidence and started playing bad. You know, that game seven was like I don't even know. I feel like I was in a fever dream. I didn't understand what was going on. It, <laughs> yeah. I've never seen so many good players play so bad. Chris Paul, Devin, those guys didn't even show up for the first minute. It was probably the worst game seven I've ever seen. Yeah, it, it, it didn't. It did not feel real. Um, yeah, and so. You, besides that game, that yeah. Suns team is very good. Oh, yeah. And I think the Mavs winning that series shows they have a lot of grit and that Luka and this team is actually starting to gel and be able to play well. And although I don't think they can beat the Warriors, I think they can show up a lot more in games three and four. And I see them definitely stealing at least one of those two, most likely game three. Yeah, I, I agree too. I mean, game three is always pivotal historically in the NBA playoffs. And I, I do think the Mavericks will be able to be able to get it done. I mean, in game two, I mean, they played – they were playing – you know, as well as they as they wanted to, you know, all the way up until the fourth quarter, they were playing amazing. Luca was going on a tear. Jalen Brunson, he was able to get inside and uh, really create mismatches whenever there was like Jordan Poole or uh, Stephen Curry were out there. And then, and then, but there was a lot of times where I was kind of like, it was questionable, like the Mavs offense on like what they were trying to do down the stretch. There'll be times where they don't really call, they don't call plays. Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, well, their offense is just basically five wide. Yeah, exactly. It's five out. And then it's going to be Luca in a PNR situation, but it depends on like who they're going to put, who, who Luca wants in the pick and roll defensively. And they were going at Kevon Looney a lot, which was very questionable in my opinion, because Kevon Looney has been like maybe, you know, a top three player for the Warriors this series. I mean, in the first two games, he's been, playing absolutely amazing. He had, he had 12 20, points in the third quarter. Yeah, he had 20 and 10, I think. And he had 20 and 10 in this past game, and defensively he's just been, been playing amazing. So I, it was confusing on why, they, on why they would, like, attack Looney rather than, you know, putting on, like, Jordan Poole in a pick and roll. Um, Guys you can't defend. Exactly. And and they would they would go at Steph Curry, where, 
whenever Jordan Poole was on the floor and Steph Curry was on the floor, they would put Steph Curry in a pick and roll rather than Jordan Poole, which was also questionable because it was like one of those things where, I mean, Luka was playing absolutely amazing. It was very hard to guard him no matter who was who was going up against him. But I just think whenever you're bleeding and and this Warriors team is going absolutely ballistic, and especially Jordan Poole is the one who's going absolutely ballistic on the other end, put him in those pick-and-roll situations Make because because their whole their whole offensive scheme, they can definitely shoot the ball. I mean, in the first, in game one, they had 48 uh, – they took 48 threes, 44 were wide open. They only made 11. Throughout this whole series, they've been shooting the ball absolutely amazing, and then this was just one blemish. So I thought in game two they'd be able to bounce back and shoot the ball well. And they did for the first half. And they did, right. <laughs> and then in the fourth quarter, in the fourth quarter, the Warriors team just started going crazy from three. And, and defensively, they just clamped up. And the Mavericks, and the Mavericks, they were just they they continued just to try to get everything inside. And it was one of those things where their pace is not fast at all. And the Warriors, if is, they go down, they're not coming back. They, right, exactly. They can't just storm back. They have to have the lead. Exactly, like you said, they're a slow-paced team, and they can't get into a shooting match with the Warriors because the Warriors will continue to play that style of defense that the Mavs can play, while also shooting. The Mavs are not a, like you said, they just got to play slow. And I, I think if the Warriors outsmart them like they did the last two games, it couldn't end quicker than what I predicted. But you know, who do you think wins Game Three, Payne? That's what I'm about to ask you. I, I said earlier, I said I, I like the Mavericks. I think the Mavericks will be able to get the job done. I mean, they're going to need Luca to keep playing how he has been. I mean, he's averaging 32 on 40 percent from three. Some, some, you know, in the playoffs, he's he's averaging like for his career like 34. So he's like basically right there. He's been absolutely unbelievable. And then they're going to need more from I think Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, this series, he's he's averaging only ten and a half points, and he's shooting forty one percent and thirty three percent. He's an X factor as their sixth man going up against Jordan Poole. Like that's that's one of those things where the, the, I think both of those guys are are obviously key pieces for their teams. Mm-hmm. And Jordan Poole is just absolutely you know kicking the crap out of Dinwiddie in, in terms of their production. You yeah. know the numbers I just read off. They need more from their sixth man, especially whenever this uh, this Mavericks team is. Definitely heavily um, reliant. Uh, they're definitely overmatched. I mean, yeah, it, it's it's arguable that the top the top four out of the five guys are on the Warriors team in this series. You know, I don't think anybody would argue with that. And and unless you want to put Jalen Brunson at maybe five or four or some or something Jordan around there, Poole. or maybe around Jordan Poole d- depends. But I would say most people like Jordan Poole over Jalen Brunson just by this, a little, yeah, yeah, at this point in time. So I mean, Luca's already he's already giving you you know, more than enough. You just need these role players to step up. And I think Reggie Bullock, I think Dorian Finney-Smith, and even Maxi Kleber, they're going to go five wide. Have and a, Bertons. And, yeah, and Bertons. They're going to go five wide. Bertons and Kleber, switching them at the five in and out is huge to be able to stretch the floor. They just can't have, you know, bad shooting efficiency like they did in game one. And they got to be able to close out the game. Because mm-hmm. in the first three quarters, they played amazing. They had to be able to close out in game in game four, uh, not in game four, but game, in, in the fourth quarter. Game two. Yeah, yeah. They got to be able to close out game two in the fourth quarter. And yeah, because that be, could have been one they stole. That, right, that, exactly. That, that was their game, and they, they gave it away. Exactly. I mean, they were shooting amazing from three, and whenever they're doing that, they're a great defensive team as well. I mean, they were showing it through the first three quarters. They just got to be able to close, and they got to be able to pick the right situations and just be a little bit smarter down the stretch. And then understand that whenever a team's, like, absolutely killing you from three and going crazy – you know, you gotta. You, you sometimes you gotta fire back and shoot and shoot threes of your own. You know, you're a good three point shooting team, mm-hmm. you, you, and you gotta up the pace. That's hard to do whenever your pace has always been slow, and it's just Luca getting into the paint and then kicking out, mm-hmm. or he's you know going for twos or trying to get fouled. But you gotta get up the pace and and uh, make adjustments down the stretch whenever something like that happens. So yeah. 
Yeah, we so me and Payne, we both pretty much agree on both series. Celtics in seven and Warriors in six. Yeah. And then we're not obviously going to make a podcast in the future. Uh, we will make a podcast in the future about, yeah. obviously, the finals when it happens. But mm-hmm. just for our predetermined finals, Payne, you have Warriors, Celtics. Who do you have winning that? I have the uh, Celtics winning that. I think. Really? Yeah, I do. Um, you know, the Warriors, we obviously know they're a high-powered offense, and they're they're absolutely unbelievable from from three, and so on and so on. But I think the Celtics team, what they what they really what they do a really good job of, and we even saw it in the first round against against the Nets. They they're great at defending off-ball screens. They're physical, and they and they get in the passing lanes. And something that you know the Warriors' bread and butter is just a bunch of different actions around Draymond Green and yeah. picks like that. And they and I think with smaller guards. You know, offensively for the uh, for the Warriors matched up against longer wings and big yeah. and big wings. I think a they'll big, be able. To, Celtics are exa- much bigger than exactly. Those I think like double I think, them. I think Marcus Smart can try to wear down Curry. I think mm-hmm. he's gonna be physical. Um, so I think that creates problems. I mean, Jordan Poole, he's he's small. That creates problems. Marcus Smart on Poole or whether he's on Curry. You know, I think he's just gonna be able to wear him down. And then and I just think the main thing the main thing is just their their physicality on the inside and the physicality on the perimeter and how they and how good they are at defending off ball screens whenever that's the Warriors number one option yeah. on offense. So I like I like the I like the Celtics. I mean it's not gonna be like a Celtics and five. It's gonna go six or seven. I think it goes seven regardless. Yeah. I feel like this is gonna be a very close series if it goes the way we see it. And uh, I actually don't know who I would pick at this point. I feel like I need to watch these Western Conference and Eastern yeah. Conference finals finish before I really know and injuries too. Yeah possibly in- injuries can definitely screw things up just to fully know how good these teams are and like I don't know the chemistry they have. Um, but yeah, like I said, I think it goes seven and it's really a toss up in my eyes. I just think, I just think the Celtics are going to be able to counter their defense, even with this Warriors offense. I think they're going to be able to contain them enough for reasons I just said. I mean, if you look at their starting five, like Robert Williams, Jalen Brown, uh, Marcus Smart, and and even Jalen Green and and then Al Horford, like, like that's nuts. Like you can start Grant Williams over Robert, whichever you want to do, but like four out of like their five starters, they're arguably like could be on like an all de- defensive team. Like some yeah. of them already are. Obviously you got the defensive player of the year. They're all defensive caliber players. Like mm-hmm. I just think that's going to be – I think that's going to be just enough or enough for them to be able to wear down this Warriors team. Yeah. And I just don't see – I don't know. I think it's going to be hard for like Wiggins to guard Tatum. And I don't know who's going to guard Brown. I mean, Clay maybe. That would be a really great Clay, final. That's the preferred final. Right. It is. It is. It's definitely the, the preferred final. Prefer finals among um, NBA fans, but just going back Heat, to Heat Warriors, Warriors in five. If yeah, that happens, yeah, I think Heat Mavs. Heat will be able to. Yeah, I don't know who wins Heat Mavs. I feel like that that would be an interesting finals. Also, it would be very underwhelming though. Yeah, very underwhelming. It will. I think it, it, that you it, need the Warriors in there. If it, yeah, need them. Yeah, if he, Heat Mavs is the most is the least likely finals I'm looking forward to. But if if that matchup happens, I think. You know, it's going to come down to like Jalen Brunson because you're going to have Gabe Vincent on you or or something like that, and I think that's going to be a huge matchup because they might put Jimmy on Luca, and I think Luca can be can maybe wear down Jimmy. Also mm-hmm. depend, but the thing is, is they're going to put Luca in so many different actions on we the should, other side of the ball. We shouldn't even talk about like this. But right yeah, it's that's not going to so matter. not going exactly, down. exactly. But if it yeah. ends up happening, just clip this, and that would be very right. Nice. But but back to the like <laughs> what we originally think with the Warriors and Celtics, I think a huge matchup is going to end up being Jalen Brown versus Klay Thompson. Can Klay Thompson get back to what he once was as that all-defensive all type of guy, you know, um, somebody who's just a lockdown wing defensively? I don't think Klay Thompson will score at all if they put this off. Really? I think he'll get clamped up by Jalen Brown. 
Hey, hey, maybe so. Maybe so. I game don't know. six, Clay only comes out in game six. I just want I, I just want to know if Clay Thompson's gonna be able to clamp up Jalen because I think that's gonna be huge. Yeah, exactly. Especially because that, they're Marcus Smart's gonna be trying to limit uh Steph Curry as much as possible. It's gonna have to be the Jordan Pool game. Yeah. Every, it's gonna have to be a pool party every night. Yeah, for real. But if Draymond I, I, Green starts hitting those stupid threes he hits in the finals somehow. Jeez. What, what what one finals I remember he shot like well, it was like above like thirty five percent from three. He shot like around forty well, percent in game seven. In game seven of the finals in two thousand sixteen, he had he had I think around four threes or so. He had thirty two yeah, points that game, and he was 32. he was he was like not missing. He was not missing from three. He was hitting every op- wide open three. And that's that's another thing. I think if this if this Warriors team plays the Celtics potentially in the finals, if they Jamal play, like Green's they gonna have to face the basket because Marcus Smart and Tatum and and these guys on the Celtics, I'm excited. Team, they're gonna limit. They're gonna limit Curry. They're gonna limit Thompson. You know, with their touches around screens and stuff like that. I think it's also the Celtics' first right. ever finals, though. Exactly. If they do get there, that true. And I'm not saying experience not, matters. They've, they've already been on this long journey, so obviously they're playing well. But you know, the finals are a different stage. It's just a little bit different than a normal Western Conference Finals or any of those big games. But this yeah. is like the real deal. And I don't right. know. I, I think the Warriors' experience could definitely come into play. Oh, for sure. Um, but that's that's the main reason I think it goes seven because when you look at it on paper. Some people would argue the Celtics are like should for sure win, but I mean what, you still have a top top ten, top fifteen player of all time on your team if you're the Warriors. You with, still have Steph Curry with the experience. This is a dynasty, and this team's been like the best team offensively in the playoffs. I mean they're averaging like probably close to around 120, 120 points, um, mm-hmm. over a hundred uh, possessions or so, maybe even more than that. And that's that's unreal for an offense in the in the playoffs with how gritty the playoffs are known. Yeah, we're just defense and low scoring. So games. like even though the Celtics are such an unbelievable team defensively, and I think that's gonna be the reason why they end up winning over the Warriors if they played. I mean you can't count this Warriors team out with how well they are shooting it's going shooting seven. a three ball. It's going seven. You got three guys who are prolific with volume and efficiency um from three. Like that's just hard to stop in the in the day and age is you know shoot the three and live and die by it and, and the Warriors can live by it all they want and they, and they can live by it okay. for like the past six you know six out of the eight years or whatever so like it's it's gonna be it's gonna be really close i'm excited to see it i'm pulling for mavs though <laughs> pulling for mavs celtics that's well, the final mavs see. already cake so hopefully not hopefully not I mean, gooey gooey butter cake we both They're, think warriors and six but I, but I'm, I'm hoping on um, the mavs prove me wrong yeah so. let's just hope the celtics make it there um because yeah i, I don't want to see another beat up heat team in the finals with no cal lowry and uh yeah, so let's just hope the Celtics make it there because we're pretty confident the Warriors are going to slide in. And uh, yeah, I mean, I got I, I for some reason I've met so many Celtics fans from going to USC. Probably about like ten I can name. Um, yeah, shout out Nick Arbo and Sheamus. Yeah, I yeah, don't want to see sure. them, I don't want to see them gloating too much because that that would actually hurt my heart. Because Celtics they, fans, not them, not them personally, but yeah. the majority of all Celtics fans are the most annoying people ever oh, on social obnoxious. media. Obnoxious. And I, I don't want to hear any bragging. So I would like for them to make it to the finals. Maybe go lose. seven and then lose. Yeah, yeah. Lose painfully. Sure. But their team, their fans and their team are hateable. But their actual players like Jason Tatum, you know, Jalen Brown, those guys are actually very likable. Yeah. I do. I used to hate Marcus Smart, but he, he's growing on me. Yeah. Al Horford I hate because he sucked on the Sixers, <laughs> and now he wants to drop 30 on Giannis. Yeah. But he wants to literally not make a layup for the Sixers. So screw Al Horford. But besides that, they're actually a, a decently likable team. I do want to bring up one thing. Um, As far as viewership goes and, like, and they like need for, they need Celtics Warriors. You you think so? Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. I no Celtics Warriors. I think for viewership wise, I think that's the best finals. A hundred percent. But I'm saying as far as like viewership for the future, do you think uh do you think the the NBA champion has to be out of the out of the West because you got the Warriors, you got Curry getting his fourth ring 
let's say that happens and fourth finals MVP. I think that's huge for like, you know, NBA all time talks on like different, you know, sports, um, sports shows and stuff like that. And then if, if the Mavericks were to win, that's Luca's first ring in potential GOAT talks. You know, Luca's a more – everybody considers Luca above Jason Tatum at this moment. I don't think – Yeah, everyone does. Nobody's really talking about Jason Tatum like they're talking about Luca as far as, like, potential, like, GOAT status. This is a very big – like you're saying, big playoffs for yeah. both Tatum and Luca to cement themselves and, like, right. where they are and, like, the right. top ten right now. Because I think Jason Tatum is definitely top ten in the NBA I think right he now. is, too. I think if he wins, it's, it'll cement him. Yeah. And like you said, people are looking at Luca like he could be somewhere on LeBron's level or somewhere, right. somewhere like that. So, and from a viewership standpoint, I think it, I think that matters a little bit more if Luca were to win, like compared to like if Jason Tatum were to win, because people want to talk about. And the Mavs team is way worse than it's just Luca, whereas it, the Celtics are very all around. Exactly, exactly. And people want to talk about who's going to end up being the best of all time and potential goat and stuff like that. And then and then people start to create narratives about. Uh, Luca Giannis I just think, type rivalry in the future. The thing is, though, I so. think you need Warriors more than anything, just because you do. They have so much of the international viewership. Uh, just like, and you know, like you know, there's Cowboys fans that their bandwagons everywhere. There's Alabama bandwagons fans everywhere. Yeah. Same thing for Warriors. You'll go down the street and you'll see like a little middle school wearing a Steph Curry jersey because he's a bandwagon Warriors fan. And, and, they they go everywhere. You need them for viewership, right? And Steph, and the Celtics are yeah. just like you know, exactly. dynasty franchise of the yeah. past, and you know. Yeah, more than the Heat, I think, and because the Heat also played in the finals recently, like we already saw them lose, like exactly. something new. Come on, come on. Ex- exactly. I mean, Steph's the most marketable player so far in the oh. playoffs. I mean, it's not even close. He, he brings in the most views. So if Steph were to win his fourth ring, I think it's view- oh, viewership goodness. wise. Viewership wise, what would be worse, the Celtics or the Warriors fans? Holy cow! That, I, yeah, that's crazy. This, this is the thing I don't lose. Want to lose almost. I, I, do not, I do not want to see the Warriors win. Steph get his fourth ring, and then if see I Stephen, someone, Stephen A. Smith or say somebody, he's better than LeBron. Say, say he's oh no! And, and say no, no, no. Say he's the icon of our generation or something like that. That's something I do not want to Maybe see. Maybe I just have to watch but, the Celtics win. But I literally, Maybe I do. That literally plays in right into what we're talking about. How with with, with like yeah. yeah with like who who brings in the most viewership and stuff like that. And I just think I just think if the Warriors win. And at the Mavs one, I think those are the top two um, teams that will be talked about in the future because they have Luka and they have Steph, more so than Jason Tatum Celtics and obviously Jimmy Butler's Heat, you know. But I do, I do see, um, I do see like a narrative with Jason Tatum. Obviously, if he wins, similar to Luka. Just right now, I think people are more like I mean, on the Luka train for all time talk. Jason Tatum's going off right now and has been the best player on that team, but just like for the last like three years, him and Jason. Or Jason, him and Jalen Brown have shared the load, yeah, quite equally, yeah, defensively and offensively, like both, yeah, they're do, both coming on both ends. So it, I mean, right, it, it's tough to give him like give Jason Tatum full credit without acknowledging exactly. Jalen Brown some, which is why I think it's tough for Tatum to get such like oh he's for sure top ten because some people just like to hate and not acknowledge him because he like I said shares it with Jaylen. exactly, and you have Luca who's who's literally averages the most points, um. Out of any player in playoff history right now, or, or uh, besides maybe Michael Jordan, Jordan's around thirty-three. I think Luca's at thirty-four right now, and wow. it's crazy. I mean, sample size is a lot small, smaller, obviously, but it's still Game enough. Seven. It's still enough to show the trend of what type of player Luca is in the playoffs. So you combine that with if he were to win a championship on the team he's on, like you were saying, um, a team that he doesn't have a lot around around him. You know, people are already saying he's better than Chris Paul all the time. He's in his fourth year. Like it, it's stuff Stop. like that, and if he were to win a finals, Stop. if he were to win a finals with this team with the numbers he put up in the playoffs, people would start to argue like his peak is be- one of the best peaks we've ever seen, and maybe and maybe it is one of those one of the best peaks we've ever seen. It would be pe- people compare this run to like 
Dirk's run in 2011 with the Mavs. That's that's literally what it'll be kind of compared wow. to. I wonder why. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So I just think I just think viewership wise, Mavs winning it, yeah. would be would be the second best um, for for the NBA outside of the Warriors, obviously. Um, so, but yeah. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting to see. It's be a great finals, and, and and it's great to go through all these scenarios in our head and uh, just talk about potential matchups and stuff like that. It's it's been a joy to watch, and I'm um, I'm ready for uh, the Celtics and the Heat starting, you know, very soon. Um, in the so next, yeah, but next uh, few minutes, yeah. So uh, uh, too bad Danny Green got hurt in Game Six. This would be the Sixers right now. <laughs> yeah, that that was a joke, but I wish. <laughs> yeah, we, but, the Sixers suck. We're firing Doc Rivers. Yeah, not really, sadly. Darren Moore already said we're not. <laughs> Gosh. Jeez. And Harden's going to come back. Sixer struggles, man. It's tough. It's so tough being us. It is. It is. But that, that can be – we can save that for another podcast. <laughs> we'll save that for our finals talk. We'll Facts. save that for the end of that. But yeah. uh, thank you all for listening. If you ever need any more info on our podcast, make sure to check out our Instagram at the Heat Check Podcast. And, uh, yeah, thank you all for listening. Peace. Peace.